Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place for all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. Uh, we are recording today. This is like a special emergency breaking news podcast. I was just telling the guys, uh, if you're listening to this, it's going to sound a little crazy. We are releasing this podcast immediately because of the big news. And what we recorded earlier this week, we'll record next week. I think most of that material will age okay. So uh, if you want just to get it faster, Patreon people can see the live broadcast of what we recorded previously ahead. But otherwise, uh, you'll see what we did plan to release this week next week. And if that confuses you, awesome. Uh, also, off the top of the show, Rhiannon, do you want to remind our listeners about the meetup happening at New York Comic Con? Yeah, guys. Um, so since this one's coming out before the other one, but um, we are having a meetup on Saturday night at New York Comic Con. I think that's the 5th, October 5th. But if October 5th isn't a Saturday, I'm more sure about the Saturday part. From 6 to 9 p.m. at, and it's a ridiculous name of a place, the Yotel Hotel. They have a rooftop lounge, um, so we'll have some free food. There'll be mostly Save Daredevil people there, but I'd love to meet any of you that are out and hanging around. Uh, so come on out. It's free. There's um, there's a sign-up on the Save Daredevil site, just so we have an idea of the number of people. There's a Facebook event out there. Um, but mostly Saturday, 6 to 9, Yotel, I think it's... It's not like a roof roof. It's like a fourth floor rooftop, but it's still like out on a rooftop and stuff. I think the weather should be good, but if it's not, they have an indoor area as well. So, what could be more daredevilly than a rooftop in Hell's Kitchen, right? Right, right. I was pretty excited to find this. I tried to do the same place that we had our party last year, but they closed. <laughs> so, I'm glad I went out looking. And I literally, I have access to like. A Facebook group for ninjas, and they're the ones that recommended this place. So this is a rooftop recommended to me by ninjas. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with that. Adam, do you have any uh, Facebook friends who are ninjas? Do I have any Facebook friends who are ninjas? Uh, all of them. <laughs> I delete... Only that's <laughs> you. You block them if they're not ninjas. That's exactly. Ninja. That's my new requirements. Um, I went through a few Facebook purges, so only the uh, ninjas remain. <laughs> Plus you two and my parents. Oh, that's sweet. You're saying we're not ninjas? <laughs> Things mm. Adam. The ninja group lets me be a part of their group. So I am not yeah. sure you two could take down Daredevil. Maybe, maybe, maybe uh, you would blow my expectations, but then again, maybe not. I don't know. I am more likely to become Ninja the video game star than I am to become an actual ninja, I think. <laughs> Anyways, rooftop, Hell's Kitchen, Saturday night. All right, so we are recording because not one, not two, but three massive news things happened after we recorded, which is not... It's not common. We know there's a little bit of lag, but geez, it's not usually this bad. Um, and so I'm going to hit them, I guess, kind of in order of, uh, I guess let's do what, what order of what they've happened. So literally five minutes after I pushed stop on my recording the other night, uh, we found out that Kevin Feige is making a Star Wars movie. 
with Kathleen Kennedy and Lucasfilm. Um, Rhiannon, is this uh, surprising to you? Concerning to you? What were your feelings when you found out Kevin Feige was straying into other parts of Disneydom? I mean, one, obviously Feige just didn't have enough on his plate. I think that's everybody's thought. Like, how much is his involvement really? Like, I mean, at this point, when Kevin Feige's name is on a project, what does it even mean? I mean, I'm not a big Star Wars follower. I know you are, Caleb. So, like, I don't know what it means for that franchise. I do know Chris Evans has already said he'd like to join. Well, it's interesting because, like, the producer is, I guess, the first person involved with the movie. Like, producers are the people that get a movie going. So that's not unusual. But they're usually not listed as a big creative force. Like, usually when we hear from Deadline or whoever, oh, a new movie's being made, it's like, oh, a movie's being made and this is the writer that they've got or this is the director that, like, there's usually some other creative force. But this was kind of put in there like Kathleen Kennedy wanted to juice the creativity of their team and so they went to Feige And so his role as a producer, I felt like, was even talked about as a more sort of creative role than just an executive role. Would that seem fair, Adam, to the way you heard that story? I mean, this is something that's been speculated forever. There's been all sorts of people that have figured Feige would be taken over for uh, Kennedy someday anyways. So maybe this is just the first step into something like that. Um, Who knows? That's just pure speculation. Maybe they're just... uh, I don't know. I, I mean, this dude's so damn busy at the moment. I, I don't. I don't understand. Um, like Rhiannon said, I'm not the world's biggest Star Wars fan, but it, it makes sense, I guess. I mean, he's made Disney the most money so far, so why wouldn't Disney want him on every single one of their franchises? Pretty soon, we'll see Kevin Feige producing a um, Pixar movie, maybe. Yeah, or the... Um, the next live-action right, Mulan movie or right. whatever. So maybe they're just attaching his name because with it, you know, it's synonymous with quality, I guess. Or maybe he's actually helping develop and helping assemble a writer and director and actually in that, that writer's room of sorts. Um, I would say that's probably the case with Star Wars because he's... He hasn't shied away from admitting he's he's a huge Star Wars nerd by any stretch of the word. So, I think it's interesting, Adam. You, you mentioned sort of this concern. I think like this low level paranoia some Marvel fans have that someday Feige will leave to take over Lucasfilm. Is Lucas is Kathleen Kennedy's job inherently more prestigious or wanted? or special than Kevin Feige's job. Like a lot of times I think fans talk about it like, Oh, that's the only place that he could go up from here would be to take over Lucasfilm. Is that a better job than the Marvel job? Uh, what pays more? I mean, I'm not sure. Is it more prestigious? I don't know. Uh, I guess Lucasfilm puts out, uh, vastly fewer properties, even though that's even starting to pick up. Um, and they have always tried to get this interconnected thing between TV TV and movies off the ground, you know, with Rebels and Resistance and uh, Clone Wars and things like that. I guess I, I'm not sure. I, I would guess right now the most prestigious thing 
in Hollywood is is leading Marvel's the the MCU, right? Um, and that's the other thing, you know. Someday, I hope MCU fans, Marvel fans, realize that Kevin Feige is going to retire, or Kevin Feige um, is going to. I don't want to say die, but you know, I mean, but he is mortal. Why, he will right. not just continue right. to He's, operate he, for five hundred years, right? I mean, I mean, we talked about it last week. I mean, hopefully. I mean, that's why I was saying earlier, like, Feige isn't actually doing all this work his name's attached to. Like, he's doing enough to earn the title. He's, like, the best project manager with this much visibility. But he's got minions that he's trained well. And this is all working because of that. And I see him, like, Star Wars, obviously, they want the same level of quality. They want that project management that Feige provides. How to make these multi-million dollar, hundred million dollar movies, keep the quality up, get them on budget on time, you know, control the hype. He's he's a manager. He's a really good one. But hopefully that quality is being passed down to proteges. Also, I'm doing um live fact checking and in Bob Iger's new book he does mention um purchasing the fountain of youth so maybe kevin feige does have access to that and is immortal now i put on twitter um this makes me think of that scene in elf where the book just like the book company is trying to come up with a new children's book and they get their writers together and they go all right guys we have any new ideas and the writers are like let's bring in Miles Finch. And he goes, my writer's idea is to bring in other writers. <laughs> and I feel like this is exactly how the meeting went. Like Star Wars is at a crossroads. Now they're going to stop doing the Skywalk Skywalker saga stuff. They have to ask themselves what's next. And I feel like Iger had a retreat with Kathleen Kennedy. He's like, all right, what's your next big pitch? She's like, my big pitch is to bring in Kevin Feige. <laughs> like it is very odd to me. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just that she's very secure in her position. But the idea that Kathleen Kennedy actively is trying to bring in Kevin Feige seems to feel like she's running out of ideas. Well, and I mean, I don't... There again, I don't know a whole lot about Star Wars. But I do know that they tried to make some female characters stronger. And their fan base, some portions of it reacted like complete douche nozzles imagine that and feige has done an amazing job of diversifying a universe while still silencing the douche nozzles you know i feel like there's something about the way he approached it i mean we could just say there's less douche nozzles that follow marvel than star wars or we could say Feige approached it in a certain way that made those characters and those approaches so strong that their voice had no credibility. And I say that, like, seriously, having not even watched that last Star Wars movie. So, I, you know, I don't know, you know, that's speculation. But I think there's enough. Feige has proven that the diversity is profit-making, that having female leads, having multi, uh, you know, having people of color as leads, having all, a very diverse universe can be very profitable. 
And maybe that's what he can bring to that franchise and what they need. Can you imagine that? Marvel's had one female-led solo movie and one, you know, African-American-led movie. And and people are freaking out that he's going to turn Star Wars into some SJW paradise thing. Like, we're talking about two movies that have been released here. And they've been extremely profitable, very successful, very well-received. They've, one of them won an Academy Award or two. What did Black Panther, what did Black Panther, three Academy Awards. He, they were very successful and therefore the franchise is moving towards more of those types of movies. Well, and I, I, I think you can't quite say that it's just two because Infinity War and Endgame very prominently featured those characters as well to kind of show where they're headed. And they definitely put in scenes that, you know, hinted towards sort of a force and all that kind of stuff to kind of tell us that that's the way the universe is going. I'm just imagining 20 years from now, the Oscar bait biopic they're going to do on Kevin Feige and the announcer voice comes over this fall. You'll be amazed by this heartwarming story of a man who fought back against expectations, silencing the douche nozzles, <laughs> the story of Kevin Feige coming to a theater near you. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of, that's, that would be an awesome legacy, silencing the douche nozzles. It was mentioned that Feige is very intent on bringing one particular MCU star into this Star Wars movie, that he's already discussed it with this star. Do you guys want to speculate on who that is and what you think uh, about that person doing a Star Wars movie? Wait, Feige speculated? Because there was like that, I just saw on Twitter where like some news site was like, who do you want to see from the MCU come in? No, some of the reporting was Feige's doing this movie and he has already approached a major MCU star about being the lead and what he wants it to do. Didn't, I don't think it said MCU. I think it just said a major actor. And people just assumed it was MCU. I mean, there's a lot of people. Most people are saying Brie Larson because she's also as big of a a Star Wars nerd as Kevin Feige is. Um, Then you have Spider-Man stands, assuming it's Tom Holland, because Tom Holland's suddenly in every single movie in the next two years. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) They they say major actor, so where, where does one even begin to speculate you know if we had to say mcu i would place a lot of money on brie larson i would guess well and chris evans has said he wants to could you imagine brie larson and orion johnson directed star wars movie oh man (laughs) oh oh no brie larson and ryan johnson together there'd be whole corners of twitter that just spontaneously combust Oh man, maybe that's what we need. Just just let the just let that corner combust and we don't have to deal with it anymore. So I just looked at you're right, the Hollywood Reporter site does not say an MCU actor. I don't know how it's amazing how that news gets twisted so fast, doesn't it's it? It's so existing. Yeah, Adam. It's amazing how that news gets twisted. Uh, well, that was my fault. That wasn't if Adam's you, fault. That was my fault. I'm pretty sure we we didn't report on MCU. I'm pretty sure I mean sure there was probably a slider or something. We didn't say they said there was an MCU actor involved. Yeah, there's been some talk that Ahsoka Tano may be the character that he's interested in. For people that don't keep up with Star Wars cartoons, she is 
like the most significant important character that only appears in the cartoons that has never been in any of the movies and um she's awesome like it's my kiddo's favorite and uh i i would be a big fan if they actually went that way and so i, I think what's really interesting about this is the idea he's developing one film the thing that feige's proved he's great at is interconnecting films it seems an interesting choice to bring him in for one. I would think you would want him to come in to be more active, but. Well, no. maybe you start with one. Yeah. I mean, that's a nice segue into other news, too. But. One film at a time, Caleb. One at a time. One film at a time. All right. We need to talk about this. The second big news story of the week Spider Man is back. We're getting Spider Man Home 3. He's in the MCU. Deal was brokered between Sony and Marvel. Um, not only will they do a third Spider-Man movie, it has a date. It's going to be mid-July, two years from now, 2021. And also, he's contractually obligated to be in one more Marvel movie that will be made by Disney. Uh, I assume this is whatever sort of team-up type movie we're getting potentially as far out as like 2024 or something like that. I don't know. We'll see. Somebody's been talking with Charles Murphy. Uh, yeah, well, I think that's... I, I believe Charles when he says that he has good intel that the big event movie that will next come is 2024 and not before that. So, general... I mean, we've talked to death about him leaving. Are you guys just glad the long nightmare's over? Or, like, what is your response to this happening now? So, Feige can make any deal he wants to make, right? Like, I mean, that's just what it comes down to. I would be, I guess, just face reaction to the, I would be uh, very surprised if, I guess I, I'm saying, I, I just assume uh, Rothman was like, or, or Pascal's like, you know what, Kev, can you just tell everyone that Tom Holland's going to be in the Venom movies, and then we'll do this GD deal, um, and he said it, and then he probably has no... Uh, no plans in uh, honoring it or what have you. Yeah, because that was another piece I missed that it appears from some of the language that's happening that Tom Holland is going to be allowed to go back and forth and be in like Venom 2 or Morbius. We can't tell. Like it may just be like Netflix level where they like refer to each other. Other people have said it might be a multiverse thing where like. Tom Holland goes through a portal. There was talk of a Madam Web movie being made. Um, but there was that conversation, right, Adam, that, like, there is going to be some kind of connectivity between these movies. Right. I'll bring up the quote, quote. He says something like, Spider-Man's the only hero that can go in between um, universes, so you'll never know what the future holds for the Sony's universe of movies. Um I mean, we've heard things that suggest that these two movies, as it stands now, these two movies are going to kind of serve as um, Tom Holland's swan, MCU swan song of sorts, that they're they're going to ride him out with these, which makes sense, because, I mean, if his last movie is some big team-up in 2024, that's seven appearances now, um, which is pretty much just as much as anyone else, but... So let let me pose that question. We know Spider Man's back. If if Spider Man three and Untitled Avengers team up 
is the end of Spider-Man in the MCU? Is that fine? Or are we going to go through this whole situation again where we need to save Spider-Man at the end of, in five years? For me, it's all how they end it. Like, if they give us a satisfactory ending and tie up some of the loose ends and they give him a meaningful exit from the MCU, I'll be okay. I think what really made this one hard was that cliffhanger ending on, ending on the last one that would just it just felt like it wasn't going to be concluded and it felt like you know like we talked about what happens the next time they do an Avengers movie and they all look around and they go where's Peter and someone's like who's Peter Mephisto made it so we don't remember him like you know like as long as they give him an exit I will be happier than I was about this situation but no I would like him to stay in the MCU forever so here's here's I can see it now. We're recording episode three hundred or four hundred <laughs> in twenty twenty four, and and Marvel Studios totally botches Tom Holland's exit and ends it on a um, ends it on a sour note or on a huge cliffhanger, and then uh, Caleb's gonna take to Twitter on his holographic device or whatever and totally go off on Sony. Because they now have full control of Spider-Man and they didn't end it nice so, and tight. I do want to talk clean. about this aspect of it. There have been several reports now that have suggested that the deal that was finally cut was a co-financing deal. 25% of the financing comes from Marvel. Marvel also gets 25 cent, 25% of the proceeds. And it has been explicitly stated that this is the exact same original offer... That was made a month and a half ago. If that is all true, is this not a really stupid, ridiculous PR nightmare to have gone through all this crap for the same deal? No one knows who the original deal was. I think Deadline reported three or four different percentages. Uh, I'm not sure anyone knows exactly what that original deal was. Uh, At least not public facing. Not publicly. I'm not sure any of us do. I know THR, Variety, and Deadline each reported different um, offers or percentages or whatever the hell you want to call it at, at one point. So what's... I admit that the premise may be flawed, but if you assume the premise that they are correct that this is the original deal, this is really stupid that they put everybody through this for the last month, is it not? No, I mean, maybe they really did need to think about it. Maybe they really did need to crunch numbers. Maybe there are nuances of it that are different in this final deal. I'm sure Sony was pushing for how they could use Spider-Man. I mean, this is this is a really... There's so many details as far as, like... I, I, I keep thinking through, like... I'm sure there's stuff written into this contract that keeps Marvel from being able to maim Spider-Man in certain ways or, you know, keeping them from being able to do certain things with the character. So Sony still has a character they can make the money with that they want to make. Um, So while it's the same money deal at the surface, I'm sure there are behind the scene nuances that they still had that they were still ruminating on or needed to work out. There's, I mean, we don't know. Is it 25% first dollar stuff or is it just, um, I guess, you know, I, I haven't seen anywhere where, where it clarifies if it's 
25% of profits or first dollar or what have you. And I think it was I think it was deadline again maybe that they're still unclear if they said roughly 25% or roughly a quarter um Disney would be paying um I guess Disney's responsible for roughly a quarter of the expenses I guess. So is that less than 25% or what I don't where it makes sense and I'd have to crunch the numbers to make sure this is accurate. But I think it's safe to say that 75% of the proceeds they've made off the last two Spider-Man movies will be more money for Sony than 100% of the proceeds they were making in the previous incarnations. So, you know, it makes sense to give away a percentage that still keeps you in the positive compared to where you used to, to be. I also am guessing, and it's nothing more than a guess, but Rhiannon, I'm kind of with you. I wonder if Tom appearing in the Venomverse movies was a hard no a month ago and that Marvel finally cracked and Kevin Feige was like, Ugh, whatever, fine. You know, like, I feel like, yeah. gr- like begrudging accepting of the Venomverse as more MCU adjacent because that makes sense to the overall narrative. And we remember two years ago when him and Pascal were sitting together and she's like, Oh, these universes are combined. You know, like I forget what she said, but you know, like she played up the connectivity and Feige was sitting over there like crapping a brick. Like, what are you talking about? And so I'm sure that they've continued to push on Sony's side to try to validate and tie their wagon to the MCU. That's why, I mean, that comment's huge. I, I don't know why a lot of more people haven't talked about it. Um, I mean that's that's probably worth the deal for Sony in and of itself right there. Maybe that was the one sticking point. You know, I mean Feige refused to even say Venom, you know, or, or have any association with Venom. I don't know what it is, man. I still don't. I, I still don't like your box office stuff. It, it, it's a whole other landscape, right? It's a completely different landscape than superhero movies were that than earlier hasn't venom made more than most spider-man movies uh that's a good question besides besides um obviously the mcu ones i think maybe not more than spider-man 3 yeah no venom did perform better that is true Man, I don't, I don't know why the hell, where the hell I became a Sony apologist at. <laughs> I don't either. But I mean, damn it, you guys just need to treat them fairly. I mean, the thing was, I mean, this was a minor thing, but just a few hours before this broke, we heard that they were writing a script for a Madam Web movie. And that, to me, is just as bad as the old Aunt May spy thriller rumors, you know, like... Madam Web is not a character that can carry a movie. I, I think even you, Adam, would admit that suggests some incompetence on Sony's part to be like, oh, Madam Web, that's the ticket. So the one thing that Marvel Studios has going for it is that they... Um, it uh, is pretty locked down when it comes to secrets. The whole Madam Web thing, I would not be surprised if that was reported or leaked 
or, or sent out because someone there was like, I wonder what character yeah. could give us access to a multiverse. I wonder what character could make this happen. Um, again, that's pure speculation. I don't know. I, I know certainly there stuff leaks. I mean, we've seen it from Warner Brothers. Hell, we've even seen it from Marvel Television. It it tends to leak a lot easier than um, what happens at Marvel Studios, and I'm not sure if that's because Kev has snipers pointed right. at everyone's head. Um, I think what's or, or silly what about it though is like is. I heard people say, "Well, it, of course they want Madam Web because that, that connects that the universe." In, well, I mean, we're not even talking. All right, hours, but right? you can have Madam Web as a character in a movie that connects the multiverse without having to give her her own film. But also, we have a great Spider-Verse movie in the animated Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Did they require Madam Web to connect those characters? Like, it's not like she's the only way that you do a Spider-Verse movie. Uh, I did just see uh, on your website, Adam, that apparently Sony has already been updating their Spider-Man Daily Bugle website to agree with Kevin Feige's version of the blip. Like like the Marvel MCU people have already stepped in to start correcting Sony's mistakes. That cracks me up. <laughs> Did that just happen? It must have just happened. Yeah, it was just published like 14, 15 minutes ago. Jeez, you're, you keep your eyes peeled on that, don't I you? I do. Well, I was looking to make sure I didn't miss any other news. And apparently there was like a Daily Bugle story that suggested someone was hurt by when they were unsnapped. Which... Feige has said that Hulk would make sure no one got hurt by where they got unsnapped to. And so, like, it immediately got... I mean, it's just... This is telling me how particular they're being. That they make this deal, and within 24 hours, they're bothering to update something stupid like that on, like, a bizarre viral marketing website. I mean, that's just... It's just funny to me. They should have kept it solely for the fact that they've painted... The Daily Bugle into this Infowars like website now, right, 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 blog, and it totally goes against God's narrative. God being Kevin Feige, um, they should have kept it. That would have been very on brand for the Daily Bugle, at least the little we've seen of it on screen. The only other thing I think that we should talk about just quickly: this means we will have our first four film year in the MCU. 2021, we will get Shang-Chi, we'll get Doctor Strange, then we'll get Spider-Man, and then we'll get Thor. Uh, Rhiannon, are you pumped about four movies in one year? Sure. Yeah. I'll I'll take it. It's always nice to have something to be excited about next. This dry spell is boring. Well, and that year also is going to have four... Disney Plus shows, so we'll have at least eight properties hitting. Well, and that's what I mean, like, the dry spell is boring because there's so much speculation. Like, I just want to get to talking about, like, actual stuff that's out there and things that we're seeing and not the speculating on what the future will be or won't be and whatnot. I think the overall box office people are happy. I saw a listing on Twitter not only are those movies hitting, there's going to be a Fast and Furious movie. There's going to be a new Indiana Jones. There's going to be um, uh, the new Batman movie, the Suicide Squad. Like, the list of films and franchises that are all hitting that year is ridiculous. Uh, Avatar 2. I mean, it's just going to be sequel, sequel, sequel all day long. 
And people thought Disney had a good year this year. Adam, let me hit this real quick, too. I just saw this article you wrote. Uh, something about speculation that Feige is working to write Spider-Man out of the MCU by the end of this. That's what he said earlier. Yeah, that's what I said earlier. Okay. Well, I'll just cut that because I guess I didn't that's understand why I, No, that's why I brought up the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, what happens... You know, I mean, I could, you know, you know, damn well, Stan accounts are going to do this whole boycott Venom or boycott Venom 4, boycott Morbius and Silver Sable or whatever, you know, just because at what point is it? I mean, I was never really against this scenario to begin with. You know, at what point is it all right? Because there's no, I mean, Sony owns the live action rights to Spider-Man. That's why people, the whole back home thing, um, I understand, but it doesn't really make sense. You know, I mean, people are trying to rob Sony of their hard-earned intellectual property. Well, and I think hard-earned. Good gracious. They bought it. (laughs) They bought it from Marvel when Marvel was going bankrupt. And they put up more money than you or I. (laughs) That's true. They took a company that was on their knees with financial collapse and they put them over a barrel and they bought the rights to their most popular character. It's hardly... I'm just saying, let's not give them a freaking medal. Good gracious. (laughs) Okay, but let's not not destroy them either. It is their property. Who cares if they bought it at Marvel's worst? That's... That's... It's not Sony's problem. Who cares if they bought it a deep discount or in the clearance rack? They still got it. It's like an old lady on social security selling off her family heirloom at the pawn shop, you know? <laughs> hey, man, they got it on a deal. Who cares? You should applaud them for it. They were thrifty. And that's the thing. If Disney wants Spider-Man back, pay the money to get Spider-Man back. Why not? Right. And, you know, along the lines of, I think I agree with you that there will be people who will always be upset if he leaves. Because, like, there's people that are mad that Iron Man died. But I'm not. Oh, you mean the people threatening to kill the Russo? Yeah, exactly. And those people are still going to be unreasonable. But most of us go, no, Iron Man had a good run and he had a good ending. And I think that's how we'll feel about Spidey if he, you know, somehow disappears into a wormhole in 2024. But... All right, we have to get to the last bit of news, which um, has not been talked about as much, but I think it really should be. Deadline yesterday was talking about Marvel til- film and Marvel TV, and I, I don't want to overstate the case. Rhiannon, I'm sure you might have a better nuance here, but... I think it came from Variety. Oh, yeah, Variety. Variety. Sorry. Which, so which a I more think... reliable source. Yeah, yeah. According to Adam... A more reliable source. So Variety says basically that Marvel TV is about to shutter down any attempt to make live action shows and that all live action television production will move over to Marvel Studios and that Loeb and company will just be an animation studio at this point. Is that overselling it or is that basically what they have they've said? That's exactly what they said. I'm sorry, I didn't hear anything. I was sitting here with my fingers in my ears going la 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 So, yes, as a saved Daredevil person, this is disconcerting, I take it. I saw this news while wandering through a cemetery last night. I was like, F this, I'm not reading it. She started looking for an open hole to crawl into. 
Yeah, and that's basically where I am right now. <laughs> yeah, so unpack that for me, because to me, that sounds like good news. So, like, from your perspective and what you like, is it just the loss okay, so of long form? Okay, so tell me why it's good news. I mean, I'm, I'm being serious that I was at an event last night, and I just, like, didn't... You know, when this news comes out, there's a lot of, like, discussion on the nuances of it, and I just sort of really did stick my fingers in my ears and avoid it all. So why do you see it as good news? Um, because I think the quality of Loeb and Marvel TV has been very suspect. And I also am a very big fan of, to me, one of the fun of Marvel is the connectivity. And if it's all under Marvel Studios, they have proven that even if it's TV, they'll make it overlap with the movies. Whereas... You know, like, as much as I love the Daredevil TV show, that Daredevil will never, ever see Spider-Man or will never, ever, you know, appear in an Avengers movie or whatever. And I, I like that connectivity. All right. That's, I mean, that's the most glaring good news, I guess, um, is we're finally getting the MCU as they originally pitched it to all of fandom in 2014 or whatever it was. Um Outside of that, is there good news? I mean, it's just really the interconnectedness. Um, is it fair to say Kevin Feige is an entertainment dictator? <laughs> <laughs> is that fair to say? Because... Is it fair to say that Kevin Feige is the Hitler of Marvel and he keeps acquiring Marvel Polands left and right? <laughs> I mean, it's... So, under um... that analogy, are like the Netflix shows in a concentration camp somewhere, withering I mean, away, banging on the doors. I Feige's do going, know, I bite my fly. Um, oh, okay, maybe, uh, maybe a dictator was too harsh. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, this isn't necessarily a good move for everything involved, right? Because we're pretty much giving all, this means all live action Marvel properties would be at one one studio. That means it, it just seems like there's less chance for stuff to happen unless they seriously ramp up production. And I know Disney has all sorts of cash, but they're not going to be able to afford eight Marvel series a year, will they? So, okay, here's what I'm thinking. There is obviously some sort of massive restructuring happening. There's, I mean, Marvel Television, as we talked about in last week's podcast that'll come out next week, it, it, it it's worse than Sony as far as their projects that they're announcing but not creating or, you know, team-up series that they're announcing before they even get started on one of them. There's, there's, there's so much going on. Marvel Television is obviously having an identity crisis of sorts. Marvel itself, I mean, Marvel Studios, you have Feige going off to work on a Star Wars movie, restructuring this whatever with Sony to get Spider-Man. There's, they just took over a huge company with Fox. We haven't heard anything on how they're going to incorporate all of these mutants and Fantastic Four and everything. There are so many moving pieces at the moment. I think what this article gives us is there's flux. There is turmoil. There is change coming. 
think, I mean, because the sources in this Variety article, so I admit I did read and try to unpack it this morning, you know, it's somebody at Marvel TV and it's people within the TV industry. What they're seeing is flux, change, movement, something's happening. And I think that's undeniable. Um, I think there is room for stuff outside of Feige. I mean, I've, I've held strong to that. And I'm still going to hold on to this little bit of hope that, like, the Netflix shows were meant to be able to connect to this universe. They just had so much stuff in the way that kept them from being there. So those characters... If it's all going to go to Marvel Studios, they're still going to need some more grounded shows. They're going to need stuff still at street level, whether it's Runaways, whether it's Cloak and Dagger, whether it's reviving the Netflix shows. Not everything can be theatrical, $100 million a season ridiculousness. They can't keep spending money like that and charging six ninety nine a month. There's, there's, So I think what this article proves is that there's turmoil and that there's change coming, but I'm not, I'm not giving up yet. Also the, um, news comes shortly after one certain Reddit leaker, um, had posted that Loeb is considering retirement. Apparently his contract is up next year. There've been rumors that Loeb could be done is what you're saying, Adam. I haven't heard it. I just read a Reddit right. post. So it's it's Reddit, um, which, you know, take Reddit for what it uh, is. Yeah. Would you write an article on that, Adam? Um, probably not. Okay. But, I, I mean, this does make sense, at least. I mean, Jesus, he's kind of had a rough go at it. Um, and as long as he's still reporting to Ike. Loeb's older. They, well, like I said, there's flux and there's restructuring. And I hope Loeb... If he is thinking of retiring, I, I would like it to be on a high note. I think he deserves that. And not to, like, scurry away with just the television side dissolving. But that's just me wanting good things for Loeb. Because he listens to our show and he likes us. I do think the money stuff is really interesting. Like, Adam, you suggested that the budget for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't change that much when they went from 22 to th 13 episodes. Is that right? Um, someone told me that. Who told me that? I feel like it was maybe Kolpak. Yeah, maybe he told me that. Yeah, I think he did. He said the budget didn't change at all. So, while I agree that, like, Rhiannon, you said, they can't just keep spending all this money, 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 money forever, you know, on content. If they're replacing a 13-episode Daredevil on Netflix with a six episode daredevil on disney plus and they're getting a bigger cut of like the overall revenue like i don't know maybe they could afford it like if disney as a company takes all the money they have put into the netflix shows and shield and runaways and cloak and dagger and agent carter if you took all that money and instead put it into a similar amount of shows but shows that were only four to six episodes you would still be the question would be if the same revenue is coming in because you're not getting the advertising revenue from those channels, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I think that would be fine. Speaking of, did so, I, 
the what the Netflix shows cost? Well, the first season was like twenty five million a season, right? The first contract was two hundred million for the five seasons, so it came to roughly forty million per season, but not necessarily dispersed out equally. They certainly gave it to all the other shows besides Iron Fist. <laughs> I think what I'm excited What's about is. Marvel TV, there's some things that Marvel TV has done which frustrate me. We've, t- we've joked many times about the losing of powers, like, you know, an episode in to, like, save on budget, like Medusa getting her hair shaved off, or Iron Fist has performance issues, or whatever happened in Iron Fist 1. And so, I just don't feel like Feige's going to do that stuff. Also, just... The costume thing, the way the Netflix characters were allergic to actually looking like comic book characters. Um, you know, Punisher had to refine and recreate his skull shirt four times in two seasons. I just feel like some of that stuff, those Marvel TV isms that bug me, will not happen over with Feige and crew. So, this is a totally irrational fear of mine, but I can't help but imagine. Um, Moon Knight going the route of Ronin. Like, I don't... For whatever reason, I think they're not going to give him that full face white mask. Instead, they're going to cut out the eyes. And I think that would totally ruin the character. And it's just a stupid mask. That's just an irrational fear. I, I don't know. Captain Marvel um, had a similar face thing, right? Kind of. Hers was more batman Yeah, but they didn't cut the eyes out. They did, like, the, like, white... How is she right, see out of it? they had the... Yeah. Yeah, but they did the uh, mouth or jaw or whatever. But Mooney's got it got her all covered, so I don't know. I suppose we'll see. Like uh, Mike said in the comments, you know, we have no idea what these Disney Plus shows are going to be. Since they have showrunners and writers' rooms, are are we going to have a, a miss? You know, with one of these shows, are we? Or, or is everything ironclad and they're all going to be critically acclaimed? That's 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 a really good point, Mike, because it's everybody is assuming these Disney Plus shows are better than these shows that we've seen. And we haven't seen them. We haven't seen what Feige does with television. We haven't seen how they pace and deal with somewhat smaller budgets. There's, you know, there could be a mess. I'm not hoping for any misses. Just in preparation, um, I'm going to prepare a gif of uh, Loeb and Feige using that um, scene from The Office where Dunder Mifflin buys back the Michael Scott Paper Company. And Loeb will be saying, well, 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 how the turntables have. (laughs) Sorry if you don't watch The (laughs) Office. That's much funnier to people who watch The Office, probably. Rhiannon, let me circle background to... Loeb and you know what Adam was talking about with potentially his contract being up if the Ghost Rider situation did go down like we think it may have where the show got kind of expensive and Marvel started to blink or Hulu started to blink at spending that much on a show and there was talk that Feige wanted the character back if you're Loeb, at some point, do you just get frustrated and throw in the hat and say, fine, forget you people? Like, I could appreciate if he, after this Ghost Rider deal, 
said, if I'm going to go develop something and then you're going to get cheap on me and then you're going to let Feige just poach the characters back, what am I doing here? Why am I here? Like, if you're going to be so disempowering of me, I'll just go do something else where somebody actually respects my time. Like, that would be fair. To me, that would be a fair reaction from, from Jeff Loeb. Totally. I mean, could you imagine how frustrating it would be? I mean, I really don't think Blade or Moon Knight are movie plays, man. Um, so after those, the Dracula and Werewolf by Night. Uh, Glyph, I think Glyph has been in, what, five comics um, in her entire history? I mean, she was created in like 2015 or 2016. What's this mean for... Uh, I mean, hasn't ABC said they always want a Marvel p- property or a Marvel... I mean, yeah, they, they've said that, but it's not going to happen. Right. And then, hey, they could... Re- I mean, Agent Carter, Carter was Marvel Studios, right? Yeah. I don't know. There's just so much. I mean, so that means Hulu... Is Hulu going to be kaput now? Is... Um, yeah, what's that mean for Runaways? Because, I mean, we've heard studios had had ordered Runaway scripts before, right? Yeah. And we still haven't heard anything on Cloak and Dagger 3. I think it's maybe Hulu might be looking at it and going, you know, if you're going to, if we can make the the money and the splash that we're making with the animated stuff, why bother with live action? I'm wondering if that's what Hulu's, Hulu is saying. And what's stopping uh, Marvel TV? I mean, DC has the DC animated universe, you know, what's stopping Marvel from doing something comparable? Um I haven't kept up with the uh, Disney XD Guardian show by any means, but it's not like the uh, old Marvel animated universe, is it? Where that and Spider-Man crosses over and stuff? Or is it? No, there's crossover in that old animated stuff. Well, I'm, I, yeah, I meant the new, new stuff. Why can't they do... Uh... I mean, it's their last saving grace unless they're going to... I, they could be tweaking Hellstrom at the last moment to make it more um, geared towards like a teen audience like Cloak and Dagger. You know, I mean, maybe they had they were developing Ghost Rider as Robbie Reyes as a teen, which he should be. Even though, who said who was saying Gabriel Luna's way older than we thought? Did someone say he was forty? Oh, really? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm totally making stuff up. I have my phone here. I can search it. Um, I don't know. Maybe their last saving grace is they're trying to. Uh, I mean, Cloaky Dagger got kind of spooky, right, with the voodoo stuff. Um, and, and Runaway Season 2 got really spooky with how bad it was, so maybe they're making a new spooky verse on Hulu as their last, um, yeah, it was Michael who said Gabriel Luna's old. Speaking of old, I didn't, James Gunn's in his 50s? Yeah. I don't know, I thought he was younger. Those, uh, I kind of look, that's kind of... Yeah, the tweets. Are you going to bring up the tweets? Well, no, tweets? that's what I was going to say. I mean, I think that's why when people were like, hey, Gunn made these tweets when he was a young man. Give him a break. It was like, Gunn was sending these tweets when he was 36, not when he was 22. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I thought he was like 40 for whatever yeah. reason. I don't know. Rhiannon, that Jeff Loeb question I you know, I posed, do you, do, I mean, I, I assume you don't blame him if he's getting frustrated. No, I mean, everybody's frustrated. That's what I want. I want, even if the news is, Marvel Television is not doing anything over the next year. We're restructuring, figuring out our new direction. Please hold. I would prefer that 
to this. We're making this. Oh, here's a rumor about a woman on ABC. Oh, here's a rumor about this. I mean, like, I want all of the rumors and speculation and whatever to stop. And if the news is Loeb's leaving, if it is, it's being all wrapped up under Marvel Studios. I just want... I, I almost want there to be a massive restructuring and step back and everything. Um, and I mean, yeah, I, I want the street level. I I want my Netflix folks back. I mean, that's what, I mean, like when we, we've been talking about it a lot recently, you know, like if they're going to get my interest peaked again, I'm not a movie person. I, I'm not like the gritty street level stuff brought in a whole new group of fans and I really think they need to get back to that somewhere whether it's in studios or in television but I think there needs to be a massive restructuring and I think if Loeb is frustrated with it that makes sense and there isn't I mean I'm trying to think through like who else this concept of there being a person working in this situation where they're selling shows with such a consistent branding and everything to other networks, when you think of like your Shonda Rhimes universes, your Arrowverse, your, your Belantiverse, those are all linked with studios. Loeb is the only, only person I can think off the top of my mind that has this bank of property and he's trying to work with different networks and maybe what he's learning is it doesn't work and and maybe it shouldn't work well and we saw that with dc and that they tried to branch out supergirl started on cbs yeah and then they brought it over to cw so they could keep it all kind of in the same ballpark i think yeah so i mean maybe the experiment is this experiment doesn't work and I thought Disney owning everything would maybe make that easier on them. But the Hulu creative differences show that there's still too much of the, you know, there's still too siloed, you know, when it comes to finances and all of that. Like Disney doesn't have the impetus to put a lot of money into a show for Hulu unless it was just proven that Ghost Rider wouldn't bring in profits like a Loki series would. I do. Um, I do fear this makes Hellstrom feel like a real lame duck show. Yeah. Like right. You, like it's hard to believe. Like oh, this will take off and go for six seasons. Like I almost expect them to just like announce tomorrow that they're just shuttering the whole thing down and like it was great, but we're not doing that anymore. So we're we're cutting our losses. Yeah, at best, it's probably a one and done, and that's what's so damn frustrating. You know, it's like ah. I mean, it, what? It's supposed to start filming in a week. When's the, uh, well, I guess nothing's stopping them from stopping it when it's filming, you know? Um, but that's what's so damn frustrating because if they pump out this season, we'll never see them on, see them on Marvel Studios, right? I mean, we probably won't see someone titled Son of Satan on Disney Plus ever. Um, but I don't know. That's lame duck is exactly how I describe it. And there goes, I mean, man, I have bad luck with my favorite characters. There's two of my top five that are uh, kind of fizzled, so it's probably not looking good for the Moon Knight series, man. Let me wrap with this question, uh, with something that I think goes over all of this. Uh, When Sony and Marvel were going back and forth about Spidey 
there was this talk that, oh, well, Feige's just too busy to do Spidey. And people, you know, we've talked about how busy he can be. This week was stunning because between, in 48 hours, literally 48 hours, we went from Feige producing a crap ton between all the Phase 4 announcements to him going, oh yeah, by the way, I'm also doing a Star Wars movie. And I'm also going to do another Spider-Man movie. And I'm also taking over responsibility for all the characters that Jeff Loeb would, like, there is an accumulation factor here. I do see a risk in this. Like, I'm excited about it because I love what Marvel Studios does. But it does feel like more and more, everything is getting put in one studio's basket, and the distribution of it is all going to be Disney Plus and or movies. Like, does that make you nervous that everything is getting all concentrated one place? Uh, was there like some security in the fact that stuff was more spread? Uh, so, I mean, we talked about this before, right? The stable of creatives Marvel Studios has. Um, I mean, from a press angle, the the vast majority of press for even Avengers Endgame, the biggest movie they ever done, wasn't even handled by Feige. Most in person, most phone, most junket interviews was handled by Trent Tran. Um, so if if they're doing that stuff on on the biggest movie they've ever done, you know they, they've got people perfectly capable of doing this stuff as Feige plays. I don't know Knight Rider or whatever you want to call so, it. So, but I mean, I guess what I'm saying, maybe more than even the producer side is, let's say Disney Plus. I know it's not likely, but let's say it just tanks. Let's say three years from now, Marvel, Disney finds out that they're not good at the streaming game. I mean, that will put everything in real chaos because Marvel is betting a bunch of their brand on Disney Plus being a huge thing. Right. There, the, there's so many unknowns. I, 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 from Disney, it's probably a branding thing, right? They don't want to do um, a Warner Brothers thing and they have Henry Cavill in movies than they actually have. Superman on a TV show, you know, it just seems weird to see Spider-Man like on an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or something like that, or Wolverine on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, so, I, you know, it's, I would guess it's mostly brand, but you bring up a good point. We don't know what Disney Plus is going to perform. You know, you have Moon Knight who has this really rabid fan base who's probably going to go crazy if it's bad or... You know, what happens when everyone finds out these are only one-season shows? You know, because so far it's pretty much they get the six to eight episodes and that's it. That's a general understanding, right? Yeah, we don't know. And, I mean, I've thought that it would be more like movies, that they might do a second season, but it's not so much season two as it's like the sequel. But then you look at the backlog of all these things that we're told they're supposedly working on. Like, it just does feel like there's going to come a point where they just can't they can't produce all this stuff. When some of it was being done by ABC Studios and some of it was being done by Netflix, like, I don't know, it felt like they could maybe get out more volume and that maybe we're going to see a narrowing of the volume. I guess that's a little bit of your concern, right, Rhiannon? Exactly. That, that being spread out and everything causes the inconsistency. Um, and that we won't have the volume. Yeah, yeah. So you you guys think that four movies and four shows a year is going to be the norm? Frankly, I mean, 
It has you, to be. I don't know if it's know? only going to be four shows because we know that there's four right. announced for 2021, but we also know that they're actively casting a Miss Marvel and that sh- that show's going to start f- filming in September of 2020. I mean, might they film that between September and January and then sit on it for 12 months? Maybe. Or maybe Miss Marvel's going to come out in 2021, you know, near the end of the year. What a busy, busy time to be alive. It, it is a crazy week. I mean, we thought, oh, geez, do we need a podcast just to talk about Feige at Lucas? And then we get Spidey back, right. and then we hear that Loeb and company may be shutting down. Like, it's those are titanic movements that happen all literally within 48 hours. It's kind of unbelievable. When uh, Who's starting the Save, jo- Save Jeff hashtag? Or are we going with Save Loeb? I'll get to work on it. But I, but it's not even that. It's not Save Loeb. I, I, I mean, I want Jeff to be happy. How about that? Yeah. Jeff, if, you, I mean, if Jeff retires, there's always a spot for him on the pod. Just come be our fourth co-host, man. We'll pay you just as much as we pay ourselves. <laughs> right. Twice as much as we pay Adam. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Right. Um, yeah, it's, uh. I do think that there's the chance that we're going to lose a certain kind of storytelling in Marvel. I don't know if I love 22 episode seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I'm pretty sure that I'm, we're never going to see something like that again anytime soon. Even the 13 episodes of Daredevil is almost a bygone era. Like, this six episode miniseries is be- going to become the norm, I think. And I think that's ridiculous. I mean, that's what that's why I'm saying. I don't think you're right. I think they're going to step back. I think they're going to restructure. I think they're going to come up with new ideas and spread it out. But you're not going to tell me that this industry that has thousands and thousands of comics. I mean, Daredevil alone has over 500 comics. You look at your other characters, your Spider-Mans, your... your even lesser known characters. Or even if we go and look at like you and humans... You have all of these long-run storytelling. The reason comics and TV work so well is that the story, the storytelling matches so well. Everything doesn't need the big graphics, the big special effects, the big um, stunts. There's there's storytelling elements of it that really work well with this long form, with the getting to know the character, getting to know their flaws, getting to know their fears, getting to know their background, making the deep dive into the character. And I think that market is still out there. I think television in general is in a massive flux. Um, I think everything is restructuring and trying to figure out how to make a profit and how to best present the material. That's what I'm saying. I think we're going to see a year of scrambling and then we're going to have something new that comes from it. And I think we will have the long form storytelling. That's my prediction right now. Yeah. And it could happen within Disney plus. It could be that after a couple of years, Disney plus starts going, you know, forget these six episode event things. We're going to go back to 13 episode, you know, series. So, I mean, we've only got about a year before Netflix, or, yeah, the Netflix deal releases those characters to Marvel. Coincidentally, we also only have a year until Netflix probably goes belly up. That, too. (laughs) Uh, We don't really have a mailbag because 
Uh, we already did the mailbag in that other episode. We haven't released our last next episode. <laughs> yeah, our last next. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I assume, was there anything else from Michael T. Ford in the live chat, Adam? He did bring up something about um, the stu- what's this mean for the other networks? You know, like uh, Hulu, especially now that Disney essentially owns Hulu. Um, does that mean studios is going to place properties on there? You know, we talked about things like FX and FXX in the past. You know, it's hard to believe they wouldn't, you know, Kevin Feige wouldn't want to do a Legion quality show, you know, especially that he's kind of had a bridge open to Noah Hawley. Yeah. I'm almost the way this is developing. It almost feels like it's not just like, I'm wondering if this is going to morph where Disney plus is not about like the content or the age level of the material, but just the brand of the material. The Disney plus is for like the crown jewels where, Hey, this is the, where you're going to see Pixar and animated studios and, and Lucasfilm and Marvel and then Hulu is, hey, this is we're going to dump a bunch of the Fox crap and a bunch of other stuff we make that is not, you know, branded the same way. It certainly does feel like however Iger has set up the budgets or whoever sets the budgets up at Disney, that they have handcuffed Hulu and they are giving Disney Plus free reign. And that's got to be a little frustrating. Like, imagine if your job where there was another like department that had this gigantic budget and your department had no budget. It kind of feels like that's what happening. And particularly if ghost rider did get cut cause it was too expensive. I was just trying to think of a funny joke about working under Ike Perlmutter. Have you guys heard about Ike's crazy, like letter writing campaign, letter writing campaign. It was brought to, yeah, it was brought to my attention last night. It's now a couple of years old, but searching. Okay. Apparently he's upset at one of his neighbors and he was writing letters. Allegedly, he was allegedly writing letters accusing this neighbor of being a murderer and sexual assaulter and rapist and molester. And it's crazy. Right. Search Ike Perlmutter letter writing. My favorite part of that story is letter writing. Can you just imagine, like, 80-year-old Ike Perlmutter's like, I'm so angry at my neighbor, go right. get me my quill and my ink, I must write some letters, you know, like, <laughs> why wouldn't he just send an email? Anyway. <laughs> right, right, so there's, he's had a rough week too, man. Imagine if he had the Twitter. He probably does. That's what half of those accounts that are fussing about Brie Larson, they're just Ike Perlmutter on Twitter. <laughs> That's funny. Exactly it. I promoter actually runs Cosmic Book News. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, Thanks for listening right. to the pod, guys. We will, uh, like I said, the week, the old episode will be out next week. This episode will be out this week, I guess. It, it, I mean, that's just a truism. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye.